1: This is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from the Ron Keel Band, Steeler and Keel. And you're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast. Crank it up and keep it up.
0: You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, where rock has been hiding for over five years now. In this special episode, we have him back, people. The Metal Cowboy, Ron Keel. Ron joins the program to discuss, well, shit, just about everything. Enjoy. I just
1: want to thank you for interrupting what could possibly be one of the coolest songwriting sessions of my entire career. Mm. You hear that hum in the background, Baco? You ah. hear that hum? That is that is that is, that is not the hot tub. That is my 50 watt PV Valve King, Val King amp. And I am uh, just totally immersed here in the bunker writing some new Ron Keel songs.
0: But I'll go ahead and turn the amp off. Oh, and I was going to what? You want to sing like ten seconds or something or not? No. Come on, no. give us a scoop. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I, I,
1: I'm pretty sure if you play music on your podcast, you're going to get slapped on the wrist, right? Isn't that oh, the yeah. uh, the
0: the rule now? We can't well, have any music on the podcast. I think it's fine if it's like you playing it in, in your house. Like I can pick up a guitar and run through it, but yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> well, let's uh, let's not. I'm gonna go shut the amp off and uh, get rid of that hum because, man, I really am totally uh, consumed with this songwriting process. It's the worst drug I've ever done. You know, I never did crack, but man, this songwriting mm. creative process this this thing that I've been immersed in now for the past <laughs> couple of months has been all consuming. And you know, I, I picked the guitar up and I can't put it down, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that process. Yeah, uh, I have been turning down a lot of interview requests. Of course, I get a lot of requests. Hey, man, come on my podcast, come on my YouTube show or whatever, and Um, I have, for the first time in my career, I've been turning some of them down because I really, I could do them all day long. I literally could do a podcast or an interview segment all day, every day, uh, you know, 24 seven. And I've got to at least at some point say no, but Mm -hmm. I can't say no to Cobras
0: and Fire, Aww. and uh, my friend Baco, is LC there with you? No, we, he was planning to try to bump in, so I, I do, he was hoping to kind of pop in for the call just for a second. <laughs> um, he's looking forward to meeting you in Nashville, um, and we'll touch on that awesome. here in a little bit. Awesome. But yeah, his, cool. his he was... Uh, he was- possibly contemplating
1: calling. What was that? He was possibly thinking about busting in on the call. That's, uh, that's commitment for you right there.
0: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, he wanted to basically just pop in, make fun of us, and then pop out. So- well, I'll tell him I said, hey, and I can't wait to meet
1: him in Nashville and see you again in Nashville at and Pod Expo, August 6th and 7th in Nashville, Tennessee. It's always a good time, and I'm looking forward to it. One of your many hometowns. Indeed. And, you know, I have <laughs> I have deep roots, deep roots in Nashville. Absolutely. A lot. A, a lot of people have asked me the last couple of years since really my my job in Sioux Falls, my quote, the only real job I've ever had at Badlands Fun as the leader of the Badlands House Band and on KBAD Radio 94.5 FM. Since that job uh, disappeared, everybody kind of expected me to move back to Nashville. And I I Just to really, uh, really love it here in Sioux Falls. Renee and I have a beautiful home. I'm five minutes from the airport, and I'll be in Nashville. Whenever uh, they need me, but oh, this we're, we're not, now. Uh, but
0: I thought you and I were going to hop in the Roncord and uh, uh, take that 14-hour trek uh, on the road. <laughs> the
1: Roncord, <laughs> uh, The Ron Quest. It's the, the Ron, Ron Quest. quest. Sorry, yeah. But, man, I will not have the Ron Quest on that leg of the tour. I'll okay. actually be flying into uh, South Carolina. We've got the South Carolina Siege the week before. Let me see. I don't have the dates pulled up on my calendar, but I can do that fairly quickly. I think it's July 28th in Allendah, South Carolina. July 29th in Bluffton, South Carolina. July 30th in... Oh, I'm, I'm lost. I know I'm at... Is it in, on in your Murder website? Beach I'm looking at it. I can help you out here, buddy. They're all on the website. Yes, yeah, that South Carolina Siege, end of July. In uh, July 28, 29, 30, and 31. Go ahead and give us the dates, Jason. Well, I'm going to go set up this, uh, shut off the amp so okay. we can get rid of the hot tub buzz.
0: Well, I see the retroactive Sweet 16 celebration on July 31st, and then uh, a couple of acoustic uh, dates leading up to that on uh, the 28th. and Owenda, South Carolina. The 29th. Owendaw. In, Owendaw. Owendaw. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh And the 29th in a city that sounds like it was named by James Gene, Gene Simmons, Bluffton, South Carolina. And uh, the 30th at Goose Creek, South Carolina. And then uh, on to Myrtle Beach, like I mentioned, for the retroactive Sweet 16. And then bam, we're in Nashville. That's right. Then I'm going to take a, a, a rental vehicle
1: from Myrtle Beach. Hopefully a Johnson City date on that Thursday, the night before the Rockin' Pod kickoff pre-party concert event. And I'm going to just uh, try and uh, do that road trip. And and instead of flying back to South Dakota Mm -hmm. for a day, I might as well just enjoy the great southern hospitality of uh, (laughs) South Carolina and Tennessee and and enjoy some Dixie time. Plenty of good food down that way, too, as well. And I'm on the keto diet, so I have to be very careful. And I, I, you know, I, I, have, I have lost some weight. And I, you know, I got that COVID uh, gut like many of us <laughs> did. And uh, I, I've been on the keto diet now for a couple of months, and it's paying off. And, and we, we do have a lot of great recipes. I can even make the Ron Kiel chili without uh-huh. beans. It's Not the same without the beans, but uh, you and I are scheduled for a chili cookoff
0: and oh, we've got to do that, that sometime. yeah, like in january <laughs> some sometime where it's really cold, you know what I mean um I, that would be a blast if we could i i mean of course, I have no idea how to arrange something like that, but yeah, if we could actually do something like that and raise a little money for some charity, that'd be even better but uh yeah. it's got to happen man let's do it it's got to happen, and uh I would love to do that. And I'm very proud of my chili recipe. As much as Sinzak would like us to do it in Nashville, I something about eating chili in that 95 degree Tennessee heat doesn't really work together for me. Man, make your own hot tub when you're always, done. Though
1: it's always a good day to eat Ron Keel chili, and you can oh. find that recipe in the Rockin' Recipes for Autism book. And the proceeds from that book go to charity and autism research. Uh, That is a fantastic cookbook available um, online, Rockin' Recipes for Autism. And the Ron Keel Chili recipe is in there, along with Don Dawkins' recipe. I love Don Dawkins' recipe. Four cubes of ice in a glass, pour Jack Daniels on top, and consume. Well, what a great recipe! Yeah,
0: that's uh, that's non-conventional. <laughs>
1: I'm kidding. That's not don actually got an actual recipe in the book, but I know that the
0: Jack on ice is his personal favorite. <laughs> uh, and since you plugged it, if people want to go to YouTube, just uh, search uh, Baco hotter than hell chili. There's uh, not only a recipe, but a, a video of me showing you how to make it. And uh, it's, oh, dude, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, is so. it keto friendly? Uh, no, because it does have beans. Uh, and I'm not an expert on the keto <laughs> right. diet, but you just mentioned that. But you know what? Take the beans out if you want, I suppose. It would still be pretty good. And you know what I do is I, I add some beef broth, which gives it that, mm. uh,
1: you know, the, lique- the liquefied uh, constituency that uh, the bean juice uh, usually provides. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with the keto diet. Got to get back in rock star shape because there are a lot of big shows on the Ron Keel Band calendar this summer.
0: Yeah, uh, I I don't have any big shows, but I do need to kind of figure out something before I get uh, <laughs> uh, too close to summer here. I, I I also have a bit of a a little COVID weight to shed. At least I'm gonna give it a give it a shot, but. Uh Hey, you know, we well, don't blame everything on COVID, right? Oh it's yeah the COVID Is that, anything uh, everything it, <laughs> <laughs> If it's not Trump's fault, it's
1: COVID's fault,
0: right? Yeah And, and before I forget <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to do uh, yeah, God, you're gonna at some point I guarantee you're gonna get me. Um, uh, we, we need to do a Ron Keel and Baco cooking show where we basically here's my thought, Ron, we just have different recipes and then you offer a Ron keel keto friendly version of that recipe. What do you think? Food Network? That's a great idea. Absolutely, man. I'm in for any of that. If we can uh, have have some good food and raise some awareness or money for a good cause, I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I wanted to hit you with something right off the bat, just uh, kind of a little, uh, I don't know, uh, an icebreaker kind of thing. On Cobras and Fire this month, we do it every year. We call it March badness, where we basically break down a record or two that we think is horrible. Um, and, and, you know, playfully, though, you know, like these are artists that we love in, in you know, like Kiss Music from the Elder was what would be a, a classic example of something that we would have fun with. But this year we did a bracket where we brought in Chris and Aaron from uh, Decibel Geek and we each picked eight records that were now we're, the voters are deciding what record we're going to talk about. I just was curious if you had to what did, of your illustrious career, what is Ron Keel's worst record in your opinion? Oh, man, that is a tough question because I do have. An answer for that—that's gonna. I piss wanted to off guess all my fans. too. Can, can I guess? Absolutely. Is it larger than live? No, okay. hell no, not by a long shot. That's a great album, hmm. dude. Uh, Are you I, I listened me? to it. Like, no, no, I just—I that's not my. Pr- I don't even know which one I would pick. But I'm like, I my gut was that was gonna be the one you didn't like because it was kind of towards the end of Kiel, uh, and it just uh, it was a different kind of setup. And I don't know. I do have a couple questions that. But anyway, what's the record you you got? Dude, if, if you have to, uh, man, and and again, I don't want to piss off my fans. These these people
1: have <laughs> paid my bills for forty years now, right? But I think the shittiest record I've ever done was the Steeler album. Oh. It's unlistenable to me, and uh, it's 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 a, it's an embarrassment. It's unlistenable. It was a, a young green kid who was still learning how to write songs. There's a couple of good songs on there. Uh, Cold Day in Hell is a good song. Yeah, Backseat is. Driver is a good song. Serenade mm-hmm. is a good song, but not in that format with that BG's falsetto voice that I used on the Steeler album. And I know that so many fans love that record deeply, and it's a big part of their '80s history and upbringing, and and it's it's part of the soundtrack of their lives. And I don't want to offend them by not liking it, but that's my personal opinion. To me, it was uh, it, it it's it's unlistenable and. Luckily, I've been able to uh, to put put it to bed and, and make peace with it. The Keel Fest event that we did in 2019 in Columbus, Ohio, went a long ways towards me making peace with that album because I finally listened to it again for the first time. Because we did the Steeler reunion, mm-hmm. I had me and Rick Fox and Mitch Perry on guitar and Dwayne Miller from Kiel on drums doing a Steeler set. Did, did, did you, you even reach Kiel out to the to,
0: to see if you could do it?
1: Dude, I'm not reaching out to Yngwie. I've done that many times through the years. You know, I have. Yeah. I have reached out uh, when we had the, uh, was it the 30th anniversary? Did a radio show on my my radio show, Streets of Rock and Roll. And we did a, a 30th anniversary special. And I interviewed Rick Fox, Mark Edwards, the drummer, Mike Forney, the producer. And revisited that, celebrated that milestone and reached out to Yngwie and his management. Got no response. I have heard from Inge's lawyer a few times through the years, but uh, you know that that uh, <laughs> I if if I was going to and you know I I do have some news which probably the next time I'm on your show I could announce that Aww. I'm very tempted to announce it right now, hmm. but I do believe I do believe Baco and this is a scoop for you and Cobras and Fire. I do believe there is one at least one new Steeler song in the pipeline that we're going to record and release with that Fest lineup rick fox mitch perry dwayne miller and myself and i'm sure this will end up on blabbermouth tomorrow of course uh but anytime Uh, i say something it'll be a week or so (laughs) so. i think this is going up a week from thursday so well as soon as you air this blabbermouth will pick it up and make a big headline out of it but uh still have a great relationship with those guys mitch perry replaced Yngwie in Steeler, and it, it, he is the Steeler guitarist as far as I'm concerned. Rick Fox and I are are still very tight and good friends, and I've got a song that I believe would only—I mean, you could call it anything. It could be on a Ron Keel band album or a Keel album or whatever, but it just sounds like a Steeler song to me, and I think we should get together in Vegas and cut this uh, with me, Mitch, Dwayne, and Rick, and have a new Steeler track uh, in the pipeline for some some future release or something i've i'm i'm just ready to uh to address some of those old issues and revisit those challenges because I'm all about the challenges that was what happened with Streets of Rock and Roll the Keel album from 2010 that uh, it was really all about can we still do it can I still do it can I still sing like that on a high level and deliver a great product write some great 80s metal hard rock anthems and make a new Keel album and we did and I'm extremely proud of that and at this stage of the game as the clock is ticking on me and, and all of us I am. I'm feeling the challenge of let's let's do one more Steeler song, maybe one more Keel song, cool. An, another Ron Keel band album. Uh, I am inspired by the songwriting process, as many of our fans know. I have been in media isolation for over two months now, in the bunker where I speak to you right now with my guitar in hand, and I've been writing, creating. I uh, uh, put the radio show on hiatus. Still doing the podcast and the interviews, but that's an easy gig, man. You know, because you host a podcast. You know how easy it is to host a podcast, right? You just record a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And put out I, I internet, mean, I've only right? said
0: seven words so far.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can be a little long-winded. I wanted to remind you about that. <laughs> Did
0: my wife tell you to say that? Uh, yeah, no, no, but, uh, it's just the way you are, man. I mean, I, yeah. I've
1: got, I've got to try and get a word in edgewise whenever I talk to you on the podcast and for the listeners who may be tuning into this, I did not have any game plan or anything, uh, Baco just said, hey, we need to get you back on the show. Mm-hmm. A couple of days ago, he texted me, he says, we need to get you back on the show. I said, okay, and here we are. We have no game plan. I don't really have an agenda or anything to promote except all the millions of cool stuff that I'm, that I'm involved in and all that. But I'm, this is great to talk to you, and uh, I'll let you go ahead and say your piece. If you have any questions, Baco, please feel free to uh, call me and... Uh, What do you want to know about? What?
0: What? Well, I guess most of all, I I
1: gave you a brand new, gave you a brand new mm. song, gave you the
0: scoop on the new Steeler recording. I mean, nobody else gets this kind of stuff, but you, dude. I, I just want to know why. If you have an explanation, why you're the only person who's ever had a problem working with (laughs) Ingve? I had no problem working with. Uh, Ah, it's a joke. That guy's burned so many damn bridges. Uh, (laughs) Well, I, I had no problem,
1: and we. We could not create or write together. You know, that was a problem. We were trying to sit down together and write a song. That was a problem. The, some of the live shows, and Ingvy only did nine gigs that summer of 1983 when we were together. He did nine Steeler shows. I had a problem with his presentation on stage. He, was, he didn't care about the song. He didn't care about the band. He just wanted to show off. And, and I had a problem with that. But that was, you know, you're going to get that in any band situation. And when he quit yeah. to join Alcatraz with Graham Bonnet, I totally, I mean, it was a really nice conversation. He says, man, I, gotta go. I got to uh, go. Graham Bonnet wants me to join his band. It's Graham Bonnet, for God's sake, who had sung, sung with Rainbow and Blackmore was Yngwie's hero and idol. So he gets to play with a singer that's, you know, really a big part of his influence and join a signed band. That's already got a record deal, and Steeler did not have a record deal at the time, except the shrapnel independent deal. So it was a great opportunity for him, even if we had been best of friends and solid songwriting partners and all that. He still would have quit, and I still would have wished him well. So uh, I didn't have a hard time. It was not a hard time working with him. Uh, It's been a hard time fielding the questions in interviews like this for the past 37 years. But other than that, I'm cool with
0: it. And I only do it to be a dick. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, now you mentioned um, uh, the serenade uh, version that's on Alone at Last. I, now I saw you perform that in Nashville, and that was the first time I had heard it done in that sense. I I, I heard the Alone at Last uh, CD for the first time when uh, you sent it out to. All your Patreons as a wonderful little uh, Christmas gift this year. I, I'm with you. I much prefer the uh, the way you do it now versus the, the Steeler version. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's out there because that record is kind of a special one for a lot of us. But can how close can you get to that falsetto now? Oh, uh, not! I can't get far enough away from it,
1: man. Are you uh, kidding me? Yeah, and I don't on. even know what possessed me to do that. But you know, I grew up in the '70s when yeah. bands like the Bee Gees and the Eagles and you know a lot of bands were using that type of voice or that falsetto and I it did not occur to me at the time to sing it in the lower octave and it's a little high I mean if you sang that in full voice at that octave it would probably be overbearing for a ballad type song like that so the only real option was to sing that falsetto version people loved it the the girls all melted uh, <laughs> at, at the clubs in la at the whiskey and the troubadour and everywhere we played in la we, I, I do that song and uh it was uh, obviously a a very special song for me and for, for 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 the audience as well but that vocal i can't believe mike varney who produced that record i'll blame him blame varney Okay, he produced that record i can't believe he let me get away with that shit i mean come on mike make make me sing it like a man you're the producer you're, it's your job but uh you know it was he was really i was and i still am obviously a control freak and I want it my way and at the time that was my way it's not anymore and I'm glad the song has a new lease on life and it's still part of my solo acoustic gig every every show that I do and granted Baco, a lot of these people that now I, I was in Idaho a couple of weeks ago for a couple of acoustic shows mm-hmm. and I, I guarantee you a lot of those people in the audience really hadn't probably hadn't heard it they don't know who I am. They may have heard, yeah, Ron Keel, he had a band called Keel and sold a few million records back in the 80s. They don't know all the details. They're not hardcore Keelaholics. They're just people out to to have a good time and see a live show. So they're not really familiar with me. And I, I pull out a song like that, and it's early in the gig. As I go through the solo acoustic show, it is pretty much in chronological order. I'll start with uh, the, the old days and, and Steeler. And I guarantee a lot of people don't know that song and never have heard it before, but it seems to work when I I sing it the way I sing it now. I'm very proud of the new version on Lord At Last, the deluxe edition, and uh, I'm glad that I can celebrate the 40th anniversary. I mean, I I didn't expect to live to be 40, much less (laughs) celebrate the 40th anniversary of my first good song. So I'm really, really proud of that.
0: You know, uh, on the "Alone at Last" CD, like uh, I, I, I mentioned, I had never heard the the whole record prior to to getting it uh, around December. Um, what what uh, what was it about the original that you felt you needed to remaster and dig into this project? Was it COVID? <laughs> Blaming COVID. No, it on COVID. was just the fact the fact that the
1: technology has come so far, man. Okay. And listening listening to uh, the original versus the new remastered version. You can bring out all those frequencies and uh, really just, the the album sounds fantastic it for really an acoustic does. record. I
0: think, I think I texted you with the first, you know, like maybe three tracks in. I'm like, that's right. this thing sounds fucking amazing, man.
1: That's right. And, uh, the, d- and that's just the technology. I had intended on doing a sequel last year. As you may know, uh, all of my subscribers at patreon.com slash Ron Keelan, you are one of the Keelaholics subscribing mm-hmm. there, and thank you for that. I had promised a sequel last year called alone at last again. And I was going to release one song per month, uh, new acoustic versions of some of my favorites and, and personal songs like uh, hearts gone wild and so forth. And I had a problem with my hearing. It was uh, a swollen Eustachian tube in my left ear that was really just uh, throwing off my hearing perspectives. And I'm listening back to the mixes going, man, I don't trust my ears. I can't do this. Um, so I decided, rather than try and push it and create something I'm not sure of, let's just remaster that Alone at Last CD. And one of the incentives for that was the fact that one of our fans, I believe it was Jody Hickman, uh, sent me, or Sheldon Bergenheimer, one of those hardcore killaholics, sent me a link to where the original CD, Alone at Last, from 2006, was selling on Amazon for $950. Wow. And you know, and I'm going, man, that that's crazy. Uh why don't we just remaster it, re-release it, let the fans have it for uh twelve ninety-eight at ronkeel.com dot com and free to my subscribers. Like yourself, uh the Patreon Keelaholic members who were members in December all got one for free. I said free as a Christmas gift from the Metal Cowboy. So uh, just, it made great sense to just remaster it and re-release it with a couple of bonus tracks. Now, we've got the Just Like Tennessee acoustic version on there and a new acoustic version of Singers, Hookers, and Thieves, which is one of my best songs ever, and a duet with Paul Shortino, my good friend Paul Shortino from Rough Cut, Quiet Riot, and so forth. Uh, Paul and I did a video for that song over Christmas vacation in Vegas in a town called Beatty, Nevada, about 120 miles outside of Vegas. And I can't wait to release and share that video clip with you uh, and the and the rest of our fans. Right on. Any day now, we're working on the video clip. It should be done, but this was a real Wild West video shoot. We've got me and Paul in this bar, the Happy Burrow, Chili and Beer in Beatty, Nevada, singing on the bar stools with uh, cowboys and saloon girls. And there's a really cool story that goes along with the video clip. And and uh, can't wait to share that with you. And, and we'll release that hopefully within the next week or so at ronkeel.com.
0: Cool, uh, and of course, both those songs uh, appear on the Metal Cowboy album. That's correct. Yeah, the Just Like Tennessee is uh, the unplugged version's on the Metal
1: Cowboy album, but the acoustic version of Singers, Hookers, and Thieves on Metal Cowboy mm-hmm. is just me by myself. This time, I brought Paul Shortino, my buddy, back into the picture to sing the duet with me again and uh, make a new video for for that clip. It's just a, it's a great song, and uh, really, the story of my life. the The song was written. On the shower wall, with uh, <laughs> nice. a marker, with lit writing a marker on the on the the tile in my shower, and you know we all sing good in the shower. E- even you sing good in the shower, Thanks, Baco. Man. Right? Appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding.
0: Yeah, no, you are you
1: are one of my you are the singer in God's favorite band, Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> oh I mean, man, come on. yeah. You done some research on me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got your I got your number. I got your back, brother. All right. But uh, yeah, I wrote, uh, you know, we all sing good in the shower. Mm-hmm. And when I get in the shower, I, I just let out that line. I sold my soul to the music when I was 13. I thought, well, that's really cool, man. I sold my soul to the music when I was 13. So then I went out and got a sharpie and started writing on the tile in the bathroom. And <laughs> you're next walking around shower, the house naked day, and wet,
0: looking for a sharpie, and then you go back to the the shower. That's man, awesome. No, in in the Keel house
1: there are sharpies everywhere. Trust oh, me, Baco. Oh, ah. dude, uh, there. The, Here, this. These are sharpies banging on the mixing console. <laughs> the sharpies everywhere. Sharpies on the microphone. Sharp. There's, the house is full nah. of sharpies. Now so is that a paid endorsement? And I got or, long arms. Is that a paid endorsement? I can or just unpaid? reach. It, I can do it's unpaid. Okay. I can reach out the shower curtain and just there's a toothbrush and there's a sharpie <laughs> whatever's <laughs> out there. You're gonna find a sharpie in the Keel House. Uh. And so every day I would get in the shower and I'd write a couple more lines. And that little literally that became my shower song. And uh, just I thought, how cool is this? I'll write a song in the shower. And you know I'm, I'm I'm superstitious like that. Uh, when I did the Metal Cowboy album in 2014, I used a different guitar pick for each songwriting session and to write the song. And usually you just, whatever's laying on the kitchen counter or mm-hmm. whatever guitar pick that you know you can find. I had a Frank Hannon guitar pick. I had a Metal Cowboy pick. I had you know all these different picks. And once I picked up that pick and started creating that riff, I stayed with the same pick for each song and ended up selling the, pick collection that I used on the Metal Cowboy record, because I used the same pick to write every, like each song had its own pick. And then each, for for the recording sessions, I used the same pick that I used to write the song. So that was a pretty cool, uh, I think it went for 300 bucks for charity. Uh, When uh, I got finished with the album, we auctioned off that uh, pick collection set. And uh, I'm just superstitious like that, man. I, and, you know, the, the strange thing is, the last couple of days, as I've been down here in the bunker working on songs, uh, an Oz Fox pick, Oz Fox from oh. Striper, uh, just ended up in my pocket the day that he had surgery. You know, Oz Fox just had yep. brain surgery and uh, we're so thankful that he's okay and he's, he's doing well. And I thought it was just the strangest thing that I reached in my pocket and pulled out an Oz Fox pick. And then... Somewhere in behind you know, the, the the mess that is my man cave basements, so to speak, uh, I, I was deal, digging through some old stuff from the '80s and found Oz's business card from 1985. It's got a striper logo on it, same logo, and it says Ozzy Fox, O Z Z I E, Ozzy Fox. And his phone number at the times his business card just kind of like popped up. This is all around the time that Oz is having this mm-hmm. uh, pretty scary brain surgery. Yeah. And, and uh, he's a dear friend. I love that guy to death. And we're so happy that he came through that well. And I'm looking forward to uh, a positive report and uh, seeing Oz back on stage with Striper very soon.
0: Absolutely. I, and I just saw something on social media today. I don't know if he himself posted it, but... Uh, Because I saw his wife's update a couple days ago, or the day of the surgery, um, after or maybe it was the day after, but yeah, it's as good as can be expected, you know, considering just coming out of surgery. So yeah, hopefully continued improvement in that sense, man.
1: Exactly. I saw Oz on the Monsters of Rock cruise last year. We got to sit and have a coffee and just catch up and celebrate our friendship. And and, you know, we, we we go back a long ways. And the guys in Striper and I are. Yeah, there's a special kinship with some of those bands like that because I pegged Striper to open the first Keel show, the very first Keel show ever, April 7th, 1984. Uh I wanted that band, hey, let's get that band Striper to open for us, and they did, and that was like well, a big moment for them. And Tesla, when uh Tesla got signed, they were they were called City Kids. was and they were ask. opening for Keel at the country club. And you know, that special relationship you have with those bands that they started out opening for you and now they're you know hall of famers as far as I'm concerned so that's pretty cool to to still have those friendships and relationships with guys like Michael Sweet and Oz Fox and all the guys in Tesla and and so forth and uh you know Metallica and Rat both opened for me back in the day as well but uh, and Steven Piercy and I are still good friends but uh, the Metallica guys don't call me very often I don't know why
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man I think they're they're drawer full of jeans probably cost as much as my house, but uh, uh, (laughs) they are what they are. You know, I love Metallica. Um... Hey, let me talk to you a little bit. I want to throw a question from your podcast back at you. You you know, for those uh aren't aware, you actually have the Ron Keel podcast. I, I can tell you it's pretty much everywhere. I know it's on Spotify and Amazon, but uh, shortly after you launched it, it showed up on uh, the the podcast app I use called Podcast Addict, you know, and so when it hits there, that means it's basically everywhere. Um, it, uh, but one of the questions you ask every one of your guests, at least uh, it's a frequent question, let's put it that way, has about... has. It's about, you know, the whole, should you be outspoken? I know you are, but, like, how do you deal with, like, yourself internalizing some of this stuff? I don't want to offend my fan base, but at the same time, I am a human being who cares about things. The whole shut up and jam thing. Um, you clearly don't mind sharing your thoughts on things. So so how, did, how does Ron Keel answer that question? That is a great
1: question, uh, Baco, and thank you for asking. It's something I struggle with and wrestle with on a daily basis. In the media and in my social media presence and everything that, because I want to want to express myself. I mean, mm-hmm. we are musicians and at being artists by nature. It's our job to express ourselves, right? I mean, right. whether it's through lyrics or music or uh, making a stand. And God forbid, back in the day, if you would have told Bob Dylan or Muhammad Ali to sh- just shut up and sing or shut up and box, mm-hmm. plenty of people. Uh, Where would we be right. now? Well, they did, and God, uh, thank God, they Muhammad Ali is a perfect example. Man, a guy who really stood up for his beliefs and paid the price, mm-hmm. and ultimately became the greatest. And you know, I, I'm not comparing myself to him. I do express myself enough to where I think people know where I stand, mm-hmm. but I don't shove it down their throats. You and I are are a perfect example because you and I are are from diametrically opposed political views. Uh, We we see each other's support or lack thereof of various political causes and beliefs. And I know you and I don't think alike in that regard, but we can still be friends. We can still have conversations like this. Um, It's not my duty to... Change people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not here to preach or to make everybody think like I think. That's uh, believe what you want to believe, man. You know, think how you want to think, vote how you want to vote. Uh, but I do believe it's my right to at least tell you how I feel. You know, you don't have to do what I do, but at least I want to show you what I do. I mean, it's, it's that's uh, that's that's my way. I, I, I do believe that as people of influence. We have to leave by example. Uh, People have to look at Ron Keel and view me as somebody who stands by his convictions but doesn't shove them down everyone else's throat. Someone who uh, works hard, lives right, takes care of the people I love. And I encourage my fans to believe in themselves. I think that's the most important thing. If I can preach to the people that are listening to my music, my voice, my interviews, Believe in yourself and follow your heart. Uh, Do we have an obligation as artists to do that? That's a tough one because if you have 10 million people that are buying your product, then cool. Go ahead and piss off half of them. You still got 5 million people that are (laughs) buying your product. Like LeBron James. I mean, anybody else. Tommy Lee. Uh, It's okay to piss off half your fans. I don't have enough fans to be able to piss off half of them, but I'm pretty sure that everybody knows where I stand. And songs like "Red, White, and Blue" mm-hmm. from the South by South Dakota album by Ron Keel Band can speak for me through music and video. And uh, I would love to to express myself more. Uh, I, I feel like I'm always holding back. I'm sorry to make a long winded answer out of this, but it's an important topic mm-hmm. and a great question. I I find myself holding back and posting something, or I'll create a post, and I'll say, no, just don't say it, man. Don't go there. And I'll, I'll not hit the post button because in the end, it's not going to help. It's not going to change a lot of people's minds, even though we have. I did get, uh, during the last election cycle, people on your side of the fence that were uh, – <laughs> I'd coming like to me saying, hey, man. at some point here. Anyway. Oh, yeah, we should, man. You know, and that's cool. That's cool. I, I I have and you know, I I am a conservative, I guess you'd yeah. call it, and I know you are not. But fair. I've got some yeah. very yeah. I've got some very dear friends, Tim Heine, who was uh, the manager of Keel, who is a hardcore liberal and uh, he's on your side of the fence as well. He he and I are brothers. We are brothers, man. You can't You can't come between that, and politics or religion or any of that can't come between that. I've got friends that are Muslims or Buddhists or whatever, and they they don't believe the same things I believe, and that's cool. I, uh, but to uh, there was a time, there was a time when we could express ourselves without hatred or uh, prejudice, and when you get to that subject of prejudice that's a big can of worms because not you know being being a long-haired rocker in Nashville in 1980 was it's not a race but it is a way of life and it's a look it's a, it was what what I looked like and how I acted in Nashville in 1980 uh, I had leather pants I had earrings in my ears I had uh, long hair and I was Severely discriminated against in every facet, at every restaurant, everywhere I went, not because of the color of my skin, but because of how I looked. Mm-hmm. So I felt that man. I've I've come to blows with with. I can other relate people. to that as
0: as a metalhead mm-hmm. in a small Christian community growing up, and uh, you know, in in a small town in southern Minnesota. You know, I mean, I, I think the the comeback there is that. I mean, we're making a choice, but at the same time it doesn't really make it right.
1: That's correct. And we we choose to look the way we look or where what, what we want to wear and act the it's, so, you know, it's a deep subject. I appreciate you asking. I'm sorry for the long-winded answer, but it is an important topic.
0: No, that's fine. And and um on the actual topic, I would say this that it really irritates me when when fans or people just commenting on social media and that's kind of what I'm talking about uh, in my answer here when they when they do say things like shut up and jam, in response to just something they disagree with, because the fact of the matter is, you know, they weren't they're not doing the same thing when the other the other view is being shared by maybe a different artist. Um, and and you have every right to say what you want as much as that person commenting on Facebook. And, and to me, that is the bigger issue there with, the, with a lot of these things. It's OK to disagree. But why do you disagree? If you're not willing to say that, then you're the one who needs to shut up. You know what I mean? I, I don't think an artist should feel required to say or stand up or take any issue, nor should they feel uh, required not to. You know what I mean? You, to thy own self be true, Ron. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. and it. But it does affect
1: the end result in terms of your sales, your product. Yes, of course. Um, and of course, as you mentioned, people are only going to uh, slam you if they disagree with you. Mm-hmm. If they agree with you, if they got your, your your side, if they share your same views, they're not going to slam you. So the only
0: people that are going to yeah. slam you are going to be the ones that disagree. And I have it, it found you can curate slope. a select group of people that will challenge you in a way that's healthy, as opposed to just attack you when they disagree. So I, 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 I agree, and, and you know,
1: I'm not a big fan of the the cartoons or the memes, you know, you want to you, you wanna put uh, somebody's face on a cartoon and create some stupid caption. You're not going to change my mind with a <laughs> meme. Give me, give me facts, give me right. real life results. And, uh, you know, I, we, we will change our minds and Baco. I have changed my mind on issues throughout my life and my career mm-hmm. And not the career has nothing to do with it. This is personal now. Uh, there are people that I voted for in my life that I ended up believing were, were scumbags and criminals. Um, yeah. And I supported them at the time, and I vote for them. I voted for them at the time. My views have changed. I've matured. I've I've gotten older. And there are there are presidents that I voted for that I'm really ashamed I voted for them. Trump is not one of them, but there are. There are presidents in my lifetime that I was wrong about. And uh, this is an evolving viewpoint. As we get more facts or more revelations, we have to be able to evolve. And mm-hmm. that's part of science. Uh, the As we learn more about the universe and the world we live in and life in general, we have to adapt to new science. Galileo, who... Uh, You might remember him from the Queen song, Uh, (laughs) 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 Galileo. Thankfully, I heard of him
0: before that. I heard that song.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, he was a brilliant scientist uh, who believed that (laughs) the Earth revolved around the sun. You know, he thought thought he invented the hot pocket. No, he he believed the Earth revolved around the sun. And because of that, he spent the last 10 years of his life in prison, you know, in, yeah. under house arrest, because he believed that the earth revolved around the sun. Now, we all know better now. No, but they didn't no. know better back There's then. There's plenty of people that so. don't know better now. <laughs> well, yeah, the earth is flat and uh, whatever. Um, I know what you mean. But, but yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the science changes, man, you know, and, and uh, 20 years from now. Uh, a lot of people are going to get a big settlement from uh, the vaccine manufacturers, because if you took this vaccine 20 years ago, you were entitled to a settlement. Uh, and I'm, I can't even believe I said that on your podcast, but good thing nobody's listening,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, who, <laughs> who, who, who checks us out anyway? Uh, hey, you, you really never know. I mean, it is pretty early, but uh, yeah, you know, things are looking good and turning the corner there, so... Um, Well, how about that? Only what? Only what? 900 deaths so far from the vaccine? That's not bad. I have no idea. I haven't heard that, but uh, (laughs) probably confirm that. I just said uh, it on your
1: podcast. That makes it true. If I said it on the Cobras and
0: Fire podcast, it must be true, right? It'll be in a meme tomorrow. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, there are people that would. Uh, I, I know for a fact there are people that really want me to 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 kind of like get into a lot more serious stuff with you. But that I'll tell you this: on our, we we talked about the insurrection on this show. We've only touched on a handful of serious issues ever the death of the, dr- the drummer of my band um, our relationship with our parents is kind of serious we've gotten into that a couple times without joking around and then we talked about the insurrection and, and we didn't even mention Democrats and Republicans and there were people who by the way I want to say I almost applaud them very I don't know without anger or, or, or vigor just voice their opinion that they, they prefer that that's not where we go you know what i mean like they listen to our show for a different reason um so they didn't really criticize us for having that thought they just said you know this this episode wasn't for me i'll check you out next week so right on uh so and that's all good you know what i mean and to me that's kind of how you should approach this stuff uh that said i think it's time we lighten it up a little bit let's talk about the ron keel band i know you got a new album in the works uh so uh, when are we going to get the uh advanced copy that i can review
1: well, that the Ron Kiel band that really is a—we a, are lightening it up now. We're going to make some jokes. about I, I do about hard the Ron shifts Kiel all the time, Ron. Yeah, <laughs> man, I am immersed in songwriting right now, and you know, so many of my friends, Baco, my peers, and other artists in the industry spent 2020 writing songs and locked Thank in God. their basements working on tunes. And I did not, man. I it was the oh, first that's right. year. You were of my actually life. pretty
0: busy, weren't you?
1: insanely busy. And I, I do stay busy. 2020 was the first year of my life. I did not write a song and I'm making up for lost time now by just locking myself down here in the bunker and working on music and being creative. And it's a huge challenge. I am enjoying the process. I love creating. Like I said, I think earlier in this interview, it's like a drug. I, I wake up in the morning around 4 a.m. I'm an early riser. I can't wait to get downstairs with my first cup of coffee and my first guitar riff for my first lyrical idea or something. And do you bring Toots I, down with you? I do nice. sometimes, but she, her as a bird, she, Toots, people listening toots is my parrot she is a african senegal parrot 18 years old and she's my best friend but she, her ears are very sensitive to loud music so i can't have her in here when i'm cranking it up uh, real loud. i'm actually glad you um, did that
0: because people who are are more regular li- listeners both of them haha uh, probably <laughs> do know that i call my wife Toots. It, so it's actually a good thing you separate yeah my, my wife's know, over I at mean, your house at 4 a.m that's not a good thing for Baco.
1: We have, we, we have the Toots thing, and I, I remember you posting something about Toots, and I'm like, oh, but he's talking about my oh, bird, Oh, no, I, I'm I, re- about I my threw wife. her name in. Uh, <laughs>
0: I, I did my own version of your song um, because you threw up That's the, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then, like, you texted me, he's like, did you say Toots? And you thought maybe I knew about your bird or something,
2: but.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought you were singing to my birdie, and, you know, uh, but. Uh, she she is my best friend and, and but she's awfully loud. She screeches. And she gets excited when I get get excited. Nice. So when I get excited and I'm I'm jamming and stuff, she will start uh, singing along and screeching and stuff. And and plus she's sensitive to the loud music. But the creative process has been amazing. And the hardest part of it for me, Baco, honestly, and, and no, the hardest oh. part is is reaching the bar that I've set mm. over my forty year career. I have written some songs. In my life now, I've written thousands of tunes. I can probably count on two hands the ones that are really, really great, the ones that are really special to me. I'm not saying everything I write is awesome. It's not. There are ten songs I think that you know: "The Right to Rock," "Wild Forever," uh, "Fight Like a Band," "My Bad," "The Cowboy Road." You know, there there are some songs just like Tennessee mm-hmm. that I've written that have really. In, in my opinion set the bar pretty high so after two months of staying here in the bunker with these guitars in hand and and stacks of lyric sheets and focusing on this creative process every day i think i've got probably seven really good songs and two great songs um I'm not going to release another album. I'm not going to in the studio to record another track until I know Mm -hmm. it's great. It's as good or better than anything I've done before. And and I'm going to keep striving for that each day. I don't even send these songs to the guys in the band. Uh, The guys in my band have still not heard what I'm writing right now. And I've been down here for nine weeks. Solid. Um, The bar is set so high that if I can't do it as good or better than I did it before, I'm not doing it. So uh, that's where we're at with the release of the new album. I am not rushing this process. In fact, I'm about to shit can the first seven songs and write seven more because I, I just want it to be great. I did the same thing for Metal Cowboy in 2014. I wrote 50 songs before I finally had the one, a song called The Last Ride on the Metal Cowboy album that became the foundation for that record. And Fight Like a Band was the same way for the last Ron Keel Band album from 2019. Mm. That, that, that song is extremely special to me and very important of in course. my life and in the, the history of my career. Uh, I need more of those. And if I, I've got to compete with that. And I'm competing with myself. I'm trying to write and create something, not just to have a new album, say, hey, I wrote a new record and we got a new album out it's got to be great or it's not going to happen so i don't put any restrictions or timetable on it i do have uh, a plan for my next release that i'd love to share with you once all the business pieces yeah, are okay. in place for this for this new project uh, you'll be the first to know and it it is pretty exciting i do believe i do believe strongly that with, whether you're a fan of keel ron keel band steeler Iron Horse, Fair Game, The Metal Cowboy, The Country Years, whatever. If you have followed me and enjoyed my work in any of those eras or projects, I do believe there's going to be something on this new record for everybody. So uh, Hmm. I can't wait to tell you more about it next time we talk.
0: You know, I remember when we were talking, the first time you and I talked in Nashville... I think it was the second time you've been on the show. By the way, we should announce. So this is now, I believe, your fifth official appearance. So thank you for that, Ron. This is the fifth
1: appearance. Yes, uh, in fact, the name of the file is Cobras and Fire 005. That's the name <laughs> of my file. As I'm recording this on my own gear, this is the fifth time I've been on the show. And like I said earlier, anytime you ask, I'll be there for you. I love what you do, and, and I appreciate our friendship and your product and the way you uh, your, your your passion for podcasting and entertaining people.
0: I, I appreciate that. On, but uh, it means a lot to me. I mean, I well, we I don't we don't need to bore the audience with that uh, uh, nonsense. Uh, but I, I, I am happy that. Oh,
1: trust me, they're already bored. They've been <laughs> listening to me talk for
0: forty nine minutes and fifty one seconds. They are already bored. No, no, they're <laughs> clinging in there. They're like, I've never heard Baco say so little. Uh, <laughs> no, when, when you've sat- never heard Rod say so little. Oh I mean, come on! Uh, when you this sat is down the my- I've been in a long time. <laughs> when um. <laughs> When when uh, you you sat down with me, you you were about a year I think from releasing Fight Like a Band, and and you were telling me just you know doing the whole sales pitch, you know like this is the best thing I've done, uh, I think hands down. I, there was there was someone with you that that, that kind of nodded his head in agreement, um, and I remember in the back of my head I'm like okay we'll see, and uh, I you know how much I dig that record that you definitely knocked it out of the park. So you know I'm I'm not one to really question you anymore when because a lot of, every artist says that when they got something new, you know what I mean, but. Uh, yeah, that was the real deal that record, man. Uh so uh, I'm looking. Thank you. What what? Hey, I know you you gave uh Decibel Geek the title. What is it again? The new album? Oh, I've changed I changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> even better. That's not no, that's not the ti- that's not that's not the
1: title of the record. I have literally baco this morning, just today. <laughs> it Started last night and then I started late last night on this one and picked it up early this morning with uh the the signature song, so to speak, but the title of the new record now is—it's all changed, and I can't really re- reveal it yet until I—it's—it's a—it's a big deal, and um, I, I can't speak more about it at okay. this time because it's still—it's still, it's still uh, there's a lot of business to be done. I've got to get Gene Simmons involved. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be—it's gonna be a big deal. So, uh, Gene's expensive. Does that mean it's gonna be way. called Blumkin? no i can't tell you what it's called did i did i give decibel geek some kind of title i think i did it was at the time it was long hard night okay which was a song that i had that i that i've written that i'm really excited about but i i think that i have come up with something even better at this point and i'll i can't wait to tell you everyone about it but right now it's not the time now, when you're but on- I appreciate that about fight like a band. You know, and looking back, as I mentioned, raising the bar. There's a song on that album called "Fire in the Rain," mm-hmm. which at one point would have been the best song I ever re- wrote, and and now it's just a filler song on an album I did a couple of years ago. I mean, it, it, wow, it, it wasn't a single; it didn't get a whole lot of attention. But that to me is a really, really special song, and you know that's what I mean about raising the bar um uh, there's there's some songs that I'm really really proud of, and I want to measure up to that this time and it's it's not just about the quality of the music or the strength of the riff mm-hmm. or how clever or how well written the song is there's got to be if it's a ron keel album it's got to say something man it's got to make a statement. Uh, I've got a, and of course, The Right to Rock is the ultimate anthem statement of my career. I've been trying to follow that for 37 years now. Mm-hmm. And songs like Wild Forever or um, Fight Like a Band, I've got to have a statement that... that it's not just about the music, it's about what you say. It's about what how, that message and that attitude that you convey to your listeners. Who who am I? What's this album all about? Uh can't just be a collection of potential hit songs. It's got to be a statement. So trying to really say something that, that means something in a musical form at this point, it has been a huge challenge. I think literally last night, I think I came across this... Uh, this concept, is titled. this song that I've been working on all day today, I think this is the foundation of the new record. I've got, like I said, six or seven really good songs and a couple of great ones. But that one signature song has to say something. It's got to be really important and really special. So I'll stay down here in the bunker as long as it takes.
0: Uh, right on. Uh, and it, you know, you, you make a good point. I, I do think Keel lyrically, like even back in the 80s, Really doesn't quite fit the perfect mold for a lot of the bands that you were you were with that were kind of doing, I don't know, let's just a lot of tits and ass kind of songs. Not that you didn't have a couple, but you know, for the most part, your your songs had a topic or or some kind of you know story or a message there. Yeah, I realized early on uh, that with the song like "The Right to Rock" in
1: '85, and this is a a pretty famous story. I'll go ahead and and rehash it for you and, and your listeners. But uh, this letter was printed in, uh, I believe it was Hit Parader magazine, written by a fan who had uh, lost his job, lost his girl, got kicked out of his house, I mean, just down in the dumps, and he was going to go out in a field with a, a gun in his hand and end it all. He took a boombox with the kill cassette, right to rock, into that field with him, and he got a boombox and a gun. And he's going out in that field, and he put on the right to rock, and that song he said, and this was printed in Hit Parader magazine. He he said that song gave him the strength to put the gun down and get on with his life, and and pick up the pieces and move on. At that point, when I read that letter in Hit Parader magazine, I realized, man, these these songs and these words are having an effect on people. Mm-hmm. You can't sing about death and destruction and gloom and doom, man. You gotta, you gotta give them something to believe in. You gotta give them something to fight for. And that was a pivotal moment in my lyrical development, where I I realized with the following album, the Final Frontier, which was all about the hope that mankind would transcend our differences and Survive to Reach the Stars. Yeah, so and much for that, that's what that, that song... Yeah, no shit, <laughs> man. Yeah, no shit. So much for that. That's what that album was all about. I got it. That no, song, that title. You, you know, it, it, was, it was about hope. It was about positive hope for the future. And, and I, even still, to this day, that lyrical thread stands... It's It's got to be there in this new song that I'm writing today. It's got to convince my listeners to believe in themselves. And if I can do that, then I've done my job.
0: Uh, A while back, I became aware of uh, something that uh, I hadn't been. And uh, I have to thank you for it. But let me phrase it this way. Now, when you go out with the Ron Keel band, you guys obviously have some time in a vehicle where you're trying to just kind of pass some time. Have you ever watched the movie Bad Channels with the rest of your band?
1: Great question, and I, I don't think we have, actually. I don't think we've watched that one on the bus. These guys are usually glued to South Park, and, I, and I'm, driving, I'm driving the RV, and they're, they're glued to South Park. Um, we did watch... Here i go again a couple of times and i can't wait to watch this new movie that i'm involved
0: in thank you for bringing up my movie career bako yeah, you really we have... glossed over bad channels there hold on a second grits come on <laughs> you are amazing in that movie you are a, a very convincing fry cook Dude, uh, as I, someone was... who once had long hair and was a fry cook i was like that was so believable Dude, that was a speaking role. I had a lot of lines in that movie, I know, and they, man. they cut the, they cut them all out.
1: They, I ended up uh, on the cutting room floor in that film, Bad Channels. But uh, you can still buy an <laughs> autographed copy of that DVD at ronkeel.com. Uh, we've got those in the store for only twenty bucks. A copy of Bad Channels, Bad flick. Channels.
0: Bad channels, absolutely, man. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I know, I, know well, I don't want to take any money from you, but it is streaming for, re- for free somewhere. Uh, I can't remember you where can't, I saw you it. You can't yeah. stream an autograph, my friend. No, you cannot. An autographed,
1: an autographed DVD? Come on. Yeah. 20 bucks at ronkeel.com. But uh, the new movie, which I'm trying to plug if you
0: would let me. Uh, yeah, I actually uh, have it on my list here, so we were going to get there anyway. That was, okay. This is my setup for that. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up and let you talk for a minute. No, no, no. You're good. You, you actually was. This is the. This is exactly how I was hoping it would go. So yeah. Well, let's talk about my new movie, Baco. Yeah. What's it
1: called? Are you going to ask me about that? What's it called? Yeah. Let the and music play, is, man.
0: You are. Oh uh, you're part God. of this documentary coming up. That kind of. If I understood the trailer right, it really touches on the impact of that COVID really did have on the music industry. A, a pretty serious. You know, situation that's still, you know, we're, I don't know. I, the quote from you, I think, might be right. We might be a decade from this being rectified. Well, thank you for bringing that up. And the movie is called
1: uh, "Let the Music Play." Release date April 9th And I was really proud to be invited. I'm going to piss a lot of people off with my comments in this film, uh, but as I'm used to. Uh, and the mm. comment that you just mentioned, it may take a couple of decades. That was not my comment. That was a comment from uh, Robert Duncan, who is the former editor of Cream Magazine, best-selling author, who I had on my radio show. And every show, uh, I have an industry insider on there. I want to ask him, even if it's another artist or a fan or anybody, what's your take on this? How's it going to end up? When are we going to get back to normal? Are we ever going to get back to normal? And Robert Duncan, the author of Loudmouth and former editor of Cream Magazine, said... It may take a couple of decades. And that's the context of that quote in the movie trailer where I'm saying, hey, I talked to this guy and he said it might be a couple of decades. Well, they took my quote. It might be a couple of decades and it might be, Baco. We don't know. Uh, I am full speed ahead in terms of. festivals and bike events and summer tour dates here in 2021, I'm going on the road, man. I'm going to play some music yeah. and sing. I'm going to get the wind in my uh, face and, and sing some songs for, for people at these outdoor festivals and events. But um, the film is is extremely well done by uh, Daily Boom Productions and features 20-plus rock stars like Joel, Joel Hoekstra uh, and... and Industry insiders, guys, the guys that make the T-shirts, the guys that promote the venues, the the owners of the venues and, and promoters of shows, and getting their take on how this industry, uh, how this pandemic has affected them. When they expected to be closed for a couple of weeks, you know, we're gonna we're gonna close for a couple of weeks to quote flatten the curve unquote, and they're still closed yeah. <laughs> a year later. Uh, uh. The revenue lost, the momentum oh, boy. lost has been uh, devastating to a lot of people and a lot of fans and a lot of artists. Um, It does go into how we've evolved the last year in terms of shifting to platforms like Patreon or live stream concerts and things like that. One of the things that really hit me was the merchandise guy. I don't know his name because the version I saw did not have the credits or the lower thirds with people's names. So I'm going, "Who's that? You know, who's who is that?" Because I saw a rough cut of the film. Yeah. But uh, this guy, he's he's a merchandise. Uh, His job is creating merch for these big bands and tours and events, and all of a sudden, you know, there's no there's no tours, there's no shirts to be sold, and he's losing. an enormous amount of money, and and the bartenders and the security guards and and everybody in our industry. My heart, yeah. my prayers, my thoughts go out to all of them. Twenty twenty, and I feel guilty even saying this, man. and People don't like to hear it. You know, it was the one of the best financial years of my career.
0: Um, because I didn't have to spend a shit ton of money
1: going on tour.
0: Right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it huge. actually probably it benefited somebody kind of in your situation you know where Motley Crue and Def Leppard need to do this big old thing but you you could do a lot where it's just kind of you and a guitar going somewhere i mean and and that was still kind of something that could be done during this well i was lucky last year i got to do a couple
1: of big tour dates before the pandemic before right. the lockdown i did the Monsters of Rock cruise in february of 2020 the Australian tour. It was absolutely fantastic. And then, and then we did uh, 25 RKB shows. We were booked solid. In August, we had a nice three-week tour. To, uh, tour. I mean, literally, pretty much in South Dakota, in the Midwest, Kansas, Missouri, uh, Minnesota. And it was these were full band gigs and big production shows. And then, of course, a few solo acoustic gigs mixed in as well. But uh, I... I I was working online, and all our business went online. The Patreon platform blew up for me. Thank God my nice. Keelaholics like yourself and all the other subscribers were engaged in the content that I'm providing online at patreon.com slash Keel, and we did the big streaming <laughs> show sponsored by
0: Brave Words. That was great, by yeah. the way. I loved it. You should put Thank that you. out on DVD.
1: Well, that's on Patreon at patreon.com slash...
0: Yeah, you you gave me crap for streaming bad channels. (laughs) Well,
1: now manufacturing a DVD slash Uh, Blu-ray, there's a there's a there's a big demand for that, and I'm thinking maybe willing. I like the physical
0: copy, Bron. I I, like uh, the physical product.
1: Me too. How about we make that concert DVD a bonus part of the new album package? Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, make that part of the, you know, you buy the album, you get a a bonus DVD or something like that. That makes good sense to me. And we'll find a way to share that and market it. Uh, It's not going to expire. It's a great show. And I'm really, really proud of the band and and the production that we put on with 12,000 people all around the world watching that live stream concert. And we're going to continue to share that, whether it's online or in a physical realm. Uh, as a DVD slash Blu-ray, I'm going to keep. You know me. I'm going to exploit everything I
0: possibly can. <laughs> you, you took the good side of Gene Simmons and carried it throughout your life. You have seen the Ron Keel band lunchbox, have you not? Uh, I'm still well. I, I I I pre-ordered it, but it hasn't shown up yet. Uh, uh, dude, was, this is a joke. It's a joke. I know. <laughs> this is I fantastic.
1: I know. I've got to. Uh, I've got to post this on Instagram. It's literally. It's a just a plain. Lunchbox, a silver lunchbox with nothing on it. And I stick a Rod Kilbane fridge magnet on the lunchbox and turns it into a Rod Kilbane lunchbox. It's 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 priceless. And I'm the guy who invented the Ron Kilbane fly swatter, which we sold uh, actually. My goodness gracious. Talk that. about Gene Simmons merchandise school one oh one. Uh my one of my roadies, Bruce Sinkler, created these backstage passes for us and they're literally they're huge, just like you know, five by seven, they're, they're massive. You wouldn't want to wear one of these laminated passes around your neck. And I go, dude, this is, these are stupid. This is worthless. So I took, <laughs> took a fly handle and I duct taped oh, the VIP pass because in the summertime here in the Midwest on tour, we get a lot of flies in the RV. So I duct taped the fly handle <laughs> to the VIP pass. And I'm swatting flies with it. And I said, Man, let's get this on video. So we filmed a video on the road as I'm swatting flies with this VIP pass duct taped to a, a, a fly swatter handle. And I'm going, Yeah, it's the rod right kill bad VIP fly swatter for twenty bucks you can get backstage and you can kill all the flies and whatever. And I posted it on Facebook and we got to the gig. Where was it? To Somewhere in Minnesota, somewhere up in your neck of the okay. woods. We got to the we got to the gig that day. We got to the gig, and I'm surrounded by people going, "Hey, where's my water? I ordered one online. It was twenty bucks." <laughs> and people and I said, "There's no link. There's no. There's no way that you can. Yeah. It's not a real item. It's not a real item." Uh, you know, it's, and people were asking me, "Hey, you know, we're here to pick up our flyswatter." And I went, it's not real. Nice. They sent twenty bucks to some website somewhere, and, and expecting me to deliver their swatter. and the cockwarmers. Those are those go over big time, mm. especially in the northwest in the winter. You know, because you might may have seen some of the video clips. I wear these uh, fingerless gloves uh, <laughs> on stage for the first couple of songs. I wear the fingerless gloves, cut the fingers off the gloves, right? Yeah. And so I started selling the fingers that I cut off. And we, call <laughs> them cock, we call them cock warbers. and they, they they sell like hotcakes, man. I sell ten at a time. It's, it's, it's so yeah. The the Gene Simmons merchandise. Campaign is still in full swing. I think Gene would be very proud of the Ron Keel Band Lunchbox, the Ron Keel Band Flyswatter, and the Ron Keel cock warmers.
0: I'm gonna sell the Ron Keel Sharpie holder, which is basically <laughs> just gonna be a, a toothbrush uh holder with and I'll stick Sharpies in it. And yeah, oh, that's and I'll take brilliant. a picture. Yeah.
1: Dude, dude, that's brilliant. Uh cut me in for 50
0: 50%. I'm, I'm in for 50. I'm going to head up to doll, a dollar tree when we're done here and then just like like I am just going to write Ron Keel RKB <laughs> just, with a Sharpie just, on, just, the on the, the sharpie, outside. Just,
1: just, that's all you need to do, just write RKB with the Sharpie on the outside. How, how crazy is that? But 30 bucks. Um, and I I don't mean to to demean the fans. These fans, <laughs> these fans that are hardcore, they they buy my merchandise and you know the CDs, the stickers, the T-shirts, yeah. the the autograph photos, all the cool stuff we have online at ronkeelshop.com. dot uh, com. I don't I don't uh, take that lightly. Those people are are spending their hard earned cash on I subscriptions know. We're to Patreon. Fun here, but- and I know that, but uh, these, these are gag items. I do not really sell cock warmers or lunch boxes or fly swatters. <laughs> Those are joke items, not really for sale.
0: Please don't send me anybody asking for a cock warmer or a fly swatter. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of the year Patreon thing, I uh, boy, if I could have justified it to the wife, I would have loved to have been on that uh, test pressing of right to rock. Boy, that uh, that's a pretty cool thing to do, man. Well, thank you. And I'm glad,
1: man, I missed those. I have sent uh, the test pressings, not only Right to Rock, but the entire Kiel catalog, to Alan Cook in uh, Canada, who is a hardcore collector. And he really stepped up to the plate and spent $650 for the Right to Rock test pressing from uh, 84, released in 85, but the test pressing was done in August or or November of 84, I think. Right. And uh, the... uh, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm cleaning out my garage one item at a time. Uh, there are fans out there like Alan Cook uh, and uh, several others that are serious, serious. Gunter comes to mind. Collectors. I mean, these guys uh, are yeah. people. They, they they enjoy collecting my stuff and they want all the original copies of everything. And uh, honestly, Baco, you know, I, I've got a house full of it. And I'm not going to live forever, and when yeah. I go, uh, I don't want my wife and my daughter or my grandkids having to deal with that. Uh, why don't I share it now with people that that enjoy it? And it's That's not cool. all for it's not all for sale. Uh, a lot of times when I get a, I'll see a post on Facebook from a fan who goes, "Man, I love this album or I love this song or I love this whatever." Uh, we had some guys comment on uh, the "Fight Like a Band" video, say, "Man, this." this how much that song meant to them and how much they loved it. And I sent them a little piece of memorabilia from the video shoot because just because they had posted those Facebook comments, I didn't sell it to them. I'm not looking to make a profit here unless it's for charity. Uh, we do a lot of stuff for uh, our veterans charities, cancer patients, mm-hmm. uh, the kids. You know, those Those are my three priorities. And we've got a lot more coming where that came from. Please, hopefully, everybody will stay in touch with me. And uh, keep an eye at Ronkeel.com because we're always giving away and auctioning really cool, special, one-of-a-kind items for great causes.
0: Yeah, and, and I'll pat you on the back a little bit. I think a lot of musicians of your ilk kind of miss the boat on a lot of this stuff. Like, they... they... And I don't want to call anybody out. More, I want to give you credit for really just kind of understanding like it is bigger than just a bottom line, you know that that kind of stuff. You do so much cool stuff between the Patreon, your charity work. I know early in COVID, there was a video of you uh, uh, basically delivering a, a, an acoustic guitar to a fan. Um, that was that, that I, I can't remember the situation, but I just remember. Like, it was a really touching thing. And there's all sorts of examples of that kind of stuff. So I'm assuming there's even more that we don't even know about. Well, that's very selfish of me. And I, I admit it. it. It's all,
1: it is, it it feeds my soul, Baco. Mm-hmm. It, uh, this guy, Alan A.J. Daugherty, who's a, a hardcore killaholic and a great fan. I saw him posting on Facebook about how he just wished he had a guitar, you know, I wish I had. I, I'd love to play guitar. I wish I had one. I could sit around the campfire and I could, you know, learn some chords and whatever. And I just said, "Man, let's go on a road trip." And I, I got Renee in the car and, and put this guitar in the car. It was a guitar that I used on the "Just Like Tennessee" video. The only okay. time I ever played it. And it, it, it's not stage worthy. It's it's a it plays good. You know, it's it, it's a it's a good feeling, good sounding guitar. But it's not the electronics are not stage worthy, so I can't use it on tour. So it really just kind of sat around the house for a few years, and I said, "Let's let's, let's take a drive." And it was I think uh, 130 miles or something. It's a couple okay. hours up to his house, and I had sent him a Facebook message, "Hey man, we're going to be in the area today. You going to be home?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah." I stopped by and gave him the guitar. Uh, just just gave it to him, um, and. He takes solitude, and his wife just passed away a couple of months oh. ago. You may have heard about that. His wife Amy was a uh, very sad story on uh, two days before Christmas Eve, her car went off the road and she drowned uh, in in the water uh, up there and, and, in, in a blizzard. Uh, literally the car went off the road in a blizzard and this guy's he's he's a dear friend and a sweet sweet guy yeah. and that guitar gives him. Uh, sanctuary, a place to, to go and, and just, he may suck.
0: I've never heard him play, but as long as, man, you know. the. Eh. If you don't get through the suck stage, you're not ever going to be good. Pick get hit it? strings,
1: strings make noise, man. That's all you need to know. Pick hit strings, strings yeah. make noise. Just str- strum that son of a bitch and enjoy the ride. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy doing that stuff. Another, another kid uh, who was... Uh, Going through a hard time in Columbus, Ohio, this this past Christmas, uh, his mom, who's an old friend of mine, uh, posted on Facebook, "I'm looking for a cheap guitar, you know, for my son for a Christmas gift. He's he's in, he's in bad shape, and the guitar is the only thing that makes him happy." I said, "Search no more. This one's going in the mail tomorrow." And I mm, sent nice. them. Uh, I sent them a. That was a very nice Legator prototype, one of a kind acoustic guitar. That I sent them, and and she sent me a video of him unwrapping it and playing it, and the smile on his face, and the 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 just the that is what it's all about. So uh, I'm going to give it all away before I'm done, Baco. Uh, every song does every, Rene know
0: this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, then let me just throw uh, this out there. I I've always wanted a house in South Dakota. It just meant a lot to me. So, well, uh, <laughs> I'll sell you mine for. Yeah, uh, I
1: think we're looking at about uh, 750k, you know, if you yeah, want. I was, it's a, it's I was a looking a more house, of a, a
0: free house, you know. <laughs> I said free. A free house. I don't house. know, I just no. give away a guitar. I'm just <laughs> well, but we will invite you to the estate
1: sale, but I think I've got a couple of decades <laughs> yeah, left in I'll, me, Baco. You know I'm what, not I'll, done yet. That's a win for me. I'll I'll take the invite, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done yet, man. I got a long way to go and I do believe like my idols uh Steven Tyler and Sammy Hagar and Rob Halford I believe I've got a good strong 10 years left in me
0: Yeah you you, you really haven't lost much I I'll, I'll say that um hey let me ask you this is kind of a geeky question how many guitars do you have like down there in your little bunker I don't know and that's a, that's a stupid Is that many?
1: That's an egotistical question I don't I don't know how many guitars I own like I have 20? no idea dude Oh dude come on <laughs> <laughs> I bought. Three. All right. I bought. I huh? bought three new ones during this interview. I'm up with my right hands on eBay right now. I bought three g- new guitars just while I was talking to you in the last hour and 19 minutes. Um, oh, that's what was distracting
0: no, you. I was like, "Ooh, man, that looks nice." <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Just, 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 just hit buy. You could always, you could always sign it and resell it, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, true story. Um, true could, story, Ron. I bought a bass guitar once. Uh, you know, at like I don't know whatever through I can't remember if it was musician's friend or something like that and I just kind of like once the package showed up I just kind of left it sitting in the living room for a couple days Uh until Amy finally said look wh- what's going on you got a bass guitar over here are you keeping this or sending it back so I was like well the rule is if you don't say anything for 24 hours I get to keep it so
1: that's a good rule, uh, but that's not going to fly in the Keel house because I walk in with a guitar and you should see <laughs> Renee Kiel roll her eyebrows. It's like, oh my uh, God, you need an, another guitar, but this one's different. <laughs> this is, is. Different, a different guitar. This is not like all the other guitars. This one's <laughs> different. <laughs>
0: Well, I got to tell you, one of the reasons I like having you on, especially now, is that I really don't need to do any prep. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable talking to you, and I can just let you go and then kind of ask follow up. So I like that too. And you know, we 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 go back a long ways.
1: We're good friends, and we have a good rapport. And when. I'm talking to Jason or I'm talking to Baco at noon and and I don't have to uh, really think about what I'm going to say or what I'm trying to promote. (laughs) I'm just going to be myself and you and I are going to have a good time. And hopefully people will uh, listen and enjoy it. I do appreciate your friendship and your support and the opportunity to to just be myself on your podcast. I don't do this for just everybody. A lot of the times I've got to put on the run, keel attitude and, (laughs) and be that
0: guy with you. I can just be me and I appreciate that. Yeah, I know and I appreciate that you, you you trust me enough to to go there and and you know what maybe <laughs> next time you're on maybe just LC does it and I step out of the way uh, so I, I know he would love to talk to you but uh, uh, and again let's uh, let's 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 promote some stuff before I let you go here. You're gonna be at Nashville at, at Rock and pod joining us and and all the people out there. I know you got a lot of people to probably get in touch with, but you're gonna be doing some performing is, is that right is, is is that all still being sorted out? Can you give us any details there? Well, no, Baco. I'm going to wait until the next time I'm on the Cobras and
1: Fire podcast and speak to uh, LC about all that stuff. So, uh, okay, I'm, fair I'm, I'm done right. here. No, I'm kidding. He gets I'm a kidding. Scoop. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, yes, I'm. You, I'm not coming to Nashville without singing, man. This is not going to happen. If they're nice. at the pre at the pre party, that pre concert party with Tommy. How do you say his last name? Go ahead, Tommy. Tommy
0: Skio or Skioch? I'm not really sure, but uh, you, you fucked it up too. Cool. I was about to screw that up. Um, uh, fair enough. Uh, let me butcher it. Yeah, <laughs> please,
1: please butcher it on my behalf, Tommy. I saw the scoach Tommy coach. That's what I call. Okay, it but, that's good enough. Um, but uh, from Tesla, yeah, his former,
0: man. formerly of. Former
1: guitar player from Tesla, and his band is going to be performing. And the is it Wild Hair, Big Hair? Who is who is the other band? The big hey, the big I'm not Chris things. Sinzak,
0: man. I've that <laughs> something like that. It's like one of those hairball kind of bands.
1: It, yeah, it's an all-star you know, lineup of great musicians, and they're going to be. It's playing hard to our, find good musicians in Tennessee or Nashville. By yeah, way. yeah, but but we'll do our best. But yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, dude, I guarantee you, Ron Keel is going to crash that party, storm the nice. stage, grab the mic, and do something. Right on, Rock and Pod, the Nashville Rock and Pod, a great event for fans. Podcasters, broadcasters, artists, everybody who wants to be a part of this community, highly recommended. I would not miss it. In fact, I am missing the opening weekend of the Sturgis Bike Rally, which Ooh. is the same weekend, August 6th and 7th. It's Friday and Saturday night, August 6th and seven. I am foregoing the opportunity to make big money at the Sturgis Bike Rally so that I can be at the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. It's just that cool. And it's it's an amazing experience for all of us. I hope that anybody listening will join Baco and me and Chris Sinzak and all the other people, that uh, some great artists and podcasters on the agenda for that weekend. Rock and Pod in Nashville, Nashville or, or the Rock and Run Expo, as we prefer to call it.
0: I know you're going to be busy out there, but I plan on at least getting a little 10 minutes of your time. So, Absolutely, uh, yeah. man. Absolutely. I'm all yours. All right. And did you happen to mention your Patreon page? I don't know if that ever came up, but maybe we should no, remind No, I did not. The- I, I never did mention uh, <laughs> Patreon.com
1: slash Rod Keel. Far be it from me to plug my shit on your, your show. Um, no, go Pat- for it, man. <laughs> yeah. This is where it all happens, man. And I, I know it's expensive. It's $6.99. It's $0.23 a day for the inside all access to the Metal Cowboy, the guy who, I mean, I'm going to give you everything I possibly can. Unreleased songs, Mm -hmm. uh, videos, demos, outtakes, live chat, experiences, VIP access at shows, merch, discounts, everything i I lose so much money every month at patreon.com Ron keel because you pay 6 and I send you all kinds of cool stuff and I work my ass off for you so I appreciate the support there it's been it's it's more than just a, a website or a, a a marketing platform it's a family these people here on patreon these are my Keelaholics. and you're one of them uh, Baco you uh, and I don't know if you wa- I don't know if you want me to admit
0: that. On your oh, I've be, been hammering the kilo hall the entire time we've been talking here. Right on, dude. Well, you are a, a great supporter, and, and
1: uh, I do whatever I can for my people. And uh, hopefully it's enough, and hopefully uh, I'll continue to do more. And I, I do believe the best is yet to come. We've got some great new music to share with you, some cool new videos, and uh, live chat, uh, whatever I can give you. In fact, I think I'm going to go on Patreon right now, as soon as this interview is done, and post my 2014 Monsters of Rock solo Ooh. acoustic gig from the atrium with special guest Frank Hannon from Tesla and Mike Vanderhul from YNT. How about I do that right now, as soon as I'm done with this interview, I'm going to go post that exclusive video on Patreon.
0: Amazing. And, and I've said it uh, every time you've been on, but if you're a fan of ron keel any any part of his career you really do deliver a great patreon package there's always new stuff coming up a lot of really cool deep deep things going on um like like i said i i I, I don't know i was digging into some stuff getting prepped for this today and it, it's just there's so much there um, well the fact that i was able to record my own cover of long way down um that's was right. done because of being a, a a patreon so well thank you that's for that up- and that's going on the new album, Fight Like a Band,
1: with uh, all of the <laughs> guest vocals, uh, all the people that have sent me tracks of them, like you yourself, Long Way Down. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, I. I Dedicated I, to my lovely wife, Toots, not your bird Toots. Toots. Give Toots my love, and yeah. I will think about her in the hot tub later. I've, actually, I've already been <laughs> in the hot tub twice today because uh, I've got your little floaty, little floaty toys. Nice. We, they, for the listeners, listeners. That's all, in, her. In, it's in, all her. inside scoop. Baco's wife Toots gave me and my wife Renee some little floaty toys that you put your cocktail in the floaty and it floats in the hot tub with you. And these are absolutely amazing. I should take a picture, but we we usually don't have clothes on in the yeah, hot tub, so that that's not it. really it's not really selfie time.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I no joke. I've had one one listener of the show actually. He actually hosts another podcast called In Obscure, and, and he was dead serious. He's like. Like no joke, but um, my co-host has an inflatable hot tub. We could bring. We would just need the hotel to fill it up with with water. <laughs> so, pe- people are listening. Ron is all I'm trying to say. That's okay. too
1: cool, man. That's too cool, and uh, I I appreciate you and uh, what you're doing. I can't wait to see you in Nashville, and I appreciate all your support, your friendship. You're a
0: good dude, and you're you're part of my family always. Thank you so much, Ron. And, you know, I like to uh, say this in closing. Um, you've had quite a career. You should think about writing a book sometime. I am
1: totally immersed <laughs> in rewriting my autobiography. How many guys get a chance to rewrite their autobiography? But it came out in 2014, Baco. As you know, even Keel, Life on the Streets of Rock and Roll, my my book. And we have released Amazing the audiobook. book, by the way. Thank you. We've released the audiobook one chapter at a time on the Patreon platform. And as I've been reading the audiobook, uh, I've realized that some things have changed, and there's a lot that I left out. And I'd like to fix that. So I am revising that audiobook. nice. Uh, the, the actual no, the actual book itself, even Keel. Right. with uh, additional content, I'm redoing the intro, the introduction, fixing some of the typos. And because I, I did the whole thing by myself, I proofread it, I, I did all, there's a, there's probably a, a half a dozen typos in there that really chapped my ass. And uh, I skipped over a lot of stuff the last, you know, gosh, the last 20 years, there's a, a lot of Iron Horse, there's a lot of Steeler, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that, that I left out. I'm going to go ahead and, and include that, write that in the new edition, which is going to be released January 28th. 2022. So we're going to go ahead and peg the release cool, date man. for the new album, the new album and the, and the book simultaneously on the same date is it the 28th or the 29th. I'm not sure, but within that 24-hour period cuz there is a a uh, dispute over the Right to Rock release date and the Metal Cowboy release date. I'm pretty sure it was the 28th. <laughs> Some of the fans go, "No, it was yesterday." Uh, "No, nah, it was the tw- nah. tomorrow." It's the 28th. Uh I had great luck releasing the right to rock on January twenty eighth. Metal that's Cowboy. Right. Yeah, you you uh, had a bit of a hot streak there. Yeah, so that that's my preferred release date of choice. So let's go ahead and set that. We'll announce it right now on the Cobras and Fire podcast. <laughs> the new Ron Keel album and the new edition of my book will be released on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. It'll be here before you know it.
0: Ron, you never disappoint. Thank you so much for uh, uh, taking some time out of the, uh, your, your writing session to, to at least talk to me and, and share a little bit of uh, Ron Keel with the Cobras and Fire audience. We definitely appreciate I, it. I appreciate you, and I enjoyed it. Hope everybody uh, listened, uh,
1: that listened uh, that got something out of it and enjoyed it as much as I did. I know it's been a long conversation. I get a little long-winded, but I got a lot to say, and I appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity.
0: All the best to Renee Toots and, of course, uh, give my my best to the guys in the band as well. You got it. Thanks.
1: So I'll start my uh, comedy routine. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, Yeah, I already started recording. Uh, Good.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.